The Stinkin' Truth Podcast is presented by Core Water. He spent 12 years in the NFL. You can't trust a guy that gyrates his hips after he scores. Has three Super Bowl rings, made multiple Pro Bowl appearances, over 16 years of broadcasting between ESPN and Fox Sports. And that's why I'm the greatest football player and best sports analyst ever. He's a soap opera star. That's pretty, uh... I can't remember what I was supposed to say. <laughs> As a reoccurring role on HBO Ballers. Mark Slareth, handsome son bitch, get out here. And makes one hell of a bowl of green chili. It's Mark Slareth, and this is the Stinking Truth Podcast. Hey, welcome into the Stinking Truth Podcast. Your host, Mark Slareth, along with my co-host, Mike Evans. Scott the Huff on the board, producing the show. Got to thank our presenting sponsor, the great folks over at Core Water I'll tell you what, for all your hydration needs, I mean, they match your body's natural pH level. <laughs> and I learned this from Mike Evans. Uh, that stands for a potential hydration. 7.4 electrolytes crammed in there, all kinds of good stuff. It's good stuff for you. And it's crisp, it's clean, it's award-winning taste. That's Core Water. I love Core Water. Always have a bottle of Core Water with me and um, absolutely love it. So check it out. At uh, 7-Eleven, it's all over the place, but check it out. It's all over the nation. Wherever I travel doing games, I always bump into, you know, I go into the, the hotel lobby for crying out loud or whatever, and I pick up a bottle of Core Water. So check it out, Core Water. You can find out more at HydrateWithCore.com. Mike Evans, how are you, my friend? I'm good. You know, speaking of traveling, you're going to Baltimore. Yes, this, I am. This week, right? Yeah. So yeah. you get to see, it's official, changing of the guard. Lamar yes. Jackson era is underway. Yeah, not only changing the guard. I mean, I think it's official, too. I think the Baltimore Ravens are going to win this division. Whoa. I think they're going to usurp Pittsburgh. Whoa. Pittsburgh, I mean, Pittsburgh lacks emotional maturity. I wouldn't take Pittsburgh to IHOP. Like, they, like I, don't, I don't even know what that means, but I wouldn't do it. Like, I, like, no, you don't get to go. You haven't earned the pancakes. That's what I'm saying. Oh, do you now, remember when IHOP now tried Now it's starting to feel... Hurtful. Right. Do you remember when IHOP tried to change earlier this year into iBop or something? iBurgerBop or some? Do you remember that? Yeah, they did. That's like, how stupid is that? You go to IHOP not to eat a burger. You go there to get a pancake. Like at any time of day. Pancakes you can eat. That's breakfast for lunch or dinner. You can eat that anytime you want. I wouldn't take Pittsburgh to get pancakes at IHOP. I'm like, no, you don't get the pancakes. You got to order the burger. The burgers like, are good. Shut they are your good mouth, burgers, Scott DeHuff. They're good burgers, though. Do you go to? Do you no, go? I okay. would not so go. So you're there. going to? I. You're like, mm, you know what? I'd really like a great burger. Hey kids, let's load up and go to IHOP. Baloney. You don't go to IHOP to get a burger. You go there to get a damn pancake. Maybe one with strawberries on it. Maybe mm. chocolate chips. Who knows? I don't know what your particular pancake bent is, but you don't go there to get a burger. So anyhow. I think Baltimore will actually overtake Pittsburgh. That Pittsburgh still has. They got a game against New England, who's been there absolutely. You know, I mean, that's they've been their personal good things. You know what they've been? They've been the booty call. The booty call. Yeah, they've been the booty call. To explain. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's you're in college, you're single. You know, no, I know what a booty call is. It's late at night, and you're like, hmm. Then you make the phone call. Right? Right. That's that's New England to Pittsburgh. It's their own personal booty call. Every time they play Pittsburgh, they, it seems like they hang 45 on them. They had one close game last year where 
they probably would have won had it not been for the Jesse James score that wasn't a score because of the, the stupid catch rule that used to be. But the bottom line is they went back to Pitt. Didn't, didn't Pittsburgh go back to New England in the postseason and just absolutely get ramshackled? Like, so they've got they they've got to play they've got to play the Patriots, and I think they've got to play the Saints too. Pittsburgh's out. They, they don't have the emotional maturity to do that. They lose this weekend to New England, and the rest is who you know what? New England comes in, makes a booty call. They get out there with a victory, right? Woohoo, I won. You know, and they and they, you know, take the terrible towel with them. And um and and Pittsburgh's out of it. Baltimore, you know, we all started this with Baltimore. We've gone to pancakes, we've gone everywhere. Baltimore, to me, is like you watch them on film, Mike. And I'm talking to John Harbaugh yesterday, uh, name dropping. And so in the conversation I have with John Harbaugh, name dropper, uh, I talked to him about his defense. And he said this, Mike. He goes, we would be historically good. Our defense would be an historically good defense. You're talking about the kind of defenses that we talk about when we talk about the 2013 Seahawks or the 2015 Broncos or the, you know, the, the – 2000 Ravens or the the 85 Bears. He goes, we'd be historically good if we just created turnovers. Like, we have not been able to create a turnover. It just hasn't bounced our way. But they're, like, in the top five of every category. Like, they are outstanding. And I have never seen a defense. Like, I've studied a lot. I've seen a lot of things go on. But that defense, they'll play a deep cover, too, with all 11 guys on line of scrimmage. They'll play a cover one with all 11 guys on line of scrimmage. Like Trying to figure out who you're supposed to block is like opening up one of them who's Waldo's or where's Waldo books. Like you can't. They have, like they've got guys all over the place, not in any position that would be tra- traditional position to play to, to play defense. Like they're they're in in I mean it's incredible how tied together they are. But you asked me about uh, you asked me God I'm all over the place. You asked me about them actually making the transition, right? Lamar Jackson's their starting quarterback. I mean Joe Flacco's come off the injury report. He's fully healthy, fully full participant. And on Wednesday, John Harbaugh said, "Hey man, Lamar Jackson's my starting quarterback." Now. I have played 12 years in the league. I blocked for a 2,000-yard rusher in Terrell Davis. I've covered this league as an analyst for 18 years. I have never, ever, in, in, in all that time, what does that make, 30 years? 12 plus 18? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 30 years, I have never once seen the gaping chasms in the running game that this offense has created with Lamar Jackson. It is phenomenal. And I'm telling you what, it has taken the read zone game to a completely different level. I mean, I am, I am telling you, know, here's the thing about the running game, Mike. When you play offensive football, because most quarterbacks traditionally haven't been able to run, when you run the ball, you're going 10 against 11. Your quarterback doesn't do anything, right? Then all of a sudden, they started the Wildcat, and they started some of these read zone running plays, like the collegiate stuff. And now all of a sudden, everybody's like, hey, it's 11-on-11 football. You've never had to account for the guy before. Now you do. When I watch Baltimore, 
the way they block things, the way they scheme things, man, it's 12 or 13 against 11 in your favor. It's it's remarkable. Like, I'm looking at this offense going, Lord have mercy. How did you come up with this stuff? It is like nothing you've ever seen. And I'm telling you what, Lamar Jackson, he, he runs like, I mean, he's taller, but he runs like his athleticism reminds me of Michael Vick when Michael Vick would take off. Only this is a completely different offense. And talking to John Harbaugh, I was like, yeah, but, you know, sustainability. And he goes, well, you know what? We're going to find out. Because one thing they can't do, you get behind the chains in that offense, Lamar Jackson's not throwing you to a victory. Now, here's the interesting thing. You're making this playoff push. All of a sudden, you have a healthy Flacco. Can you convince Flacco to say, hey, listen, man, there may come a time at the end of a half where we have to score. There may come a time where we need you know, to get into two minute. You're coming in. And we're going to go back to what we do from a route running standpoint and from a passing standpoint. But right now, you're just buying time. Until you know you leave, and until we cut you, or you know you decide to leave and and figure it out. But yeah, they're they're all in, man. They pushed all their chips to the middle of the table, and Lamar Jackson is a freak show athlete. Now, from a throwing standpoint, Mike, I mean, he'll make some throws. Um, you know, awkward delivery. Um, I I think still obviously learning the NFL passing game. I don't think there's a lot at the line of scrimmage he does in regards to changing plays. Um, Watching him against Kansas City, he had off coverage, man-to-man, zero coverage, off coverage, and he had his short side wide receivers, ex-wide receiver, with somebody off 12 yards. You just change that play to a slant, and you may hit your head on the field goal posts, and he threw it to the three-man side. Uh, where there was traffic and you know and things like that, like like where a, a veteran quarterback might be able to check to something. Yeah, you know, I just don't think he's right now ready to do those things. But you drafted this guy with the idea he'd be your quarterback of the future. Mm-hmm. Don't you have to be real careful because you send him out there with a limited passing skill set, just asking the guy to get hurt. I think that's the concern. He's been in concussion protocol, and and he missed a you know he missed with I think a play with an ankle or something. But I, I'm just I'm just letting... you don't think they could be in this situation where they are at right now, holding on to the second wild card spot, if Joe Flacco is still their quarterback. I I think that I think they know the formula: dominate the line of scrimmage, dominate the time of possession. The last four weeks, there's nobody's had more time of possession than them. Keep our defense fresh so we can make plays, so we can shut people down. And you know that's their formula. Their corners are playing great. Eric Weddle at the safety position is is still playing great, and he's super smart. And their defensive, their front seven, you know, with they've got like Brandon Williams, and they've got they got big, just girthy dudes. Oh, girth is a good word. Guys with a lot of girth. <laughs> girth husky. Um, so they've got, I mean, they've got that going on and linebacking core flies around. I mean, they are, you know, Suggs is it's 16 years. What a freak show, an absolute freak show that dude. And he's, he's overcome the torn bicep and the Achilles tendon injury. And he still can rush the passer. A guy by the name of Judon 
is a, a freak show athlete as well, plays Sam linebacker, but rushes a lot. Really a key, kind of a key component that people don't talk about, setting their defense. And um, I, I tell you what, they are they're outstanding. But I think John Harbaugh looks at it and goes, This is how we're gonna this is our formula for victory. Because one goes, nobody knows how to defend it. And Marty Morningwig has done a phenomenal job. You've transitioned from a Joe Flacco-led offense, and you just went, boom, we're going to do something different. And you've gone to this, I don't even know, collegiate. I mean, it's it's crazy the way they've orchestrated well, this. Well, also add into this, if they don't make the playoffs, there's strong likelihood Harbaugh gets fired. So what has he got to lose? Right. Hey, you know what? Put Jackson out there. I, like... I'm probably not from even your coaching mouth, the guy hey, in two years. From your mouth to God's ears, because like he would he would be without a job maybe for seven seconds. You would be an idiot not to hire that guy if he hits the open market. If you're Green Bay, uh, if you decide you know you're going to fire your coach and you know, or if you're Cleveland or you're going to fire a coach in Denver, you would be you would literally be an idiot if you didn't hire that dude. Hey, by the way, while you were looking at film of Baltimore uh-huh. to prepare for this game, I would assume you were looking at last week's game against Kansas City. I did look at that, yes. And because I don't get a big head about this, mm-hmm. because I do respect the way you break down film and everything, what did you think of Mahomes? Uh, Mike, I've only done this one other time in the last year. Don't tell me he got the Quentin Nelson treatment. I dimmed the lights. Oh, Jesus. I lit a candle. I shut the door to my study. I put a tie tie on the door and told my wife, don't come in here. (laughs) Do not come in here studying a film. (laughs) Dude, he's, he's, he's a freak show. Absolute, like... I was one of those guys, you know, I didn't, I don't watch, you know, I don't watch a lot of college football. No. I just don't have time. You know, it's all in the background. You know, I like it. It's, it's, it's uh, white noise. So I'm watching this dude make throws that nobody else in America makes. There's not another quarterback in the NFL that makes the throws he makes. First off, he's got this baseball background. So he throws, he throws the ball incredibly well from different platforms, accurately from different platforms. So almost underhand, sidearm, over the top, doesn't matter. Uh, you know, people always like to compare quarterbacks to pitchers, and it's not a, a it's not an apt comparison. He is like the most slick shortstop that you have ever watched play. I mean, so the ball is hit towards a third base, and you go – Flying across the infield, you know, you you glove it and then, you know, sling it sidearm across your body as you're falling down and you just throw a dime to the first baseman. Or it's hitting the, you know, it's hitting the hole towards second base and you go back there, you know, and, and you you backhand that damn thing and then you spin around and sling it sidearm. If it comes right to you, you know, you you gather it, you have your feet gathered, you shuffle twice, you throw it overhand, but every time you throw a strike and they're all from different arm angles, that's Patrick Mahomes. And then his ability in his second year to manipulate coverage with his eyes. So a lot of young quarterbacks, okay, so you say, hey, man, I'm going to stare off the safety because I want to go over here. So he threw a touchdown to Travis Kelsey, 
and they had a you know a typical combination route. They had a flat with a corner. So the flat was it was a cover two. They knew it was cover two. He saw it pre-snap read. He read it. So that's one. He read the pre-snap. He knew he was getting cover two. Right? And so then they ran flat corner combination. So the flat receiver, whoever it was, whether it was a running back or I don't I don't remember who it was, but the flat the flat receiver ate up the corner in cover two. So that corner couldn't get depth, right? So he sat there. Now, Mahomes eyeballs the middle, the, the, the right-hand side of the defense, which holds that corner, that cover two corner. On the left side, it holds him in position. So Travis Kelsey is running down the seam, right? All of a sudden, plants his foot in the ground, boom, to the corner. Well, that safety, that safety was sat, sat there flat-footed because of all the action that Patrick Mahomes created to the right-hand side, and Patrick Mahomes turned. He didn't even look, Mike. He didn't. He knew he had it. He didn't even look. He just turned. There was not a hitch. Like, if you would have hitched, that safety would have been able to react, and who knows if he'd have gotten there, right? But he didn't even look. He just turned and threw it and threw a dime to Travis Kelsey. That safety, he wasn't even close to helping defend on that play. I mean, you would have had to stick a rocket up his ass and light it and shoot him over to Travis Kelsey to get him to help on that. That's how wide open he was. And he didn't play it poorly. He didn't have a chance. There was zero chance because of the way Mahomes set it up with his eyes. So he makes throws that nobody else I've ever seen can make. And he makes them accurately from different arm angles. We've all seen the highlight of him looking to the right and then throwing it kind of almost underhand sidearm to a crossing route to his receiver and it just put it right on his hands. Like it was remarkable. But he did it again later in the game to a running back. And he fit it through a window that was the size of one of them paper milk cartons. I was like, you got to be, literally, I'm, watch, I'm in my study going, you got to be shitting me. Because I'm thinking if it, from my perspective, you mean for the next decade and a half as a Denver Bronco fan and resident, I'm going to have to watch this guy cut us up? You know, you're going to build your defense around him so you can lose by four points? Like, I mean, that's, dude, re- remarkable. Just hey. remarkable. And this is against a Baltimore Ravens defense yeah. who's historically one of the best defenses in football. Like I said, you know, if you're, if you're the Broncos, Chargers, Raiders, who you want to be? Jets, Bills, or Dolphins. Could be like that. You could be looking at that kind of scenario if you're right about how right. legit this guy is. Now, it's the Chiefs. Let's see him win a home playoff game in January 1st, okay, before we go ahead and crown him. Could Cause, be. Because as I'm watching them, I mean, it was fourth and nine. Now, he made a great play, but that's how close they were to losing that game. And had they lost that game, heck, maybe even in winning that game, did that sort of – you know, raise some fears there among some Chief fans. Like, it's not a sure thing. We're not a sure thing. Uh, I, n- well, nothing's nothing's a sure thing, as you know. But let me tell you what. I, You know, it's not because of that dude. Yeah. yeah no, he's legit. Let, let me tell you what. I, you know what I would do right now if I was them? You know, we always worry about, hey, what, when you have to sign your quarterback to a long you – know, when you have to sign him because he's in year two. So you, you're going to have to sign him. He's You, you get the fifth-year option on him, right? But you're going to have to sign him here in the next two years, right? 
And everybody says, hey, when it comes to the quarterback, you know, you start paying these guys $30, $40 million a year, whatever it is, $34 million a year like Aaron Rodgers, and, you know, they hamstring you and blah, 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 blah. Shoot, right now, walk up to him and say, hey, man, $200 million, 10-year contract. Here you go. Spread out the whole salary cap hit. Absolutely. Yeah. Make well, it all, just essentially make it all signing bonus. Make it a, you know, make it a, a $20 million a year deal. Here he, you go. He might be worth it. And and I'm, te- and I'm telling you what, you're not hamstrung for the rest, like, you are fine. Because think about, think about, that is like, that is borderline backup money now. You know, you got, it, it, Case Keenum here in Denver signed a, you know, his, his deal is $18 million a year. You realize that when Chicago signed Mike Glennon and, and kept him as a backup after Trubisky got, when they signed, they signed him and drafted Trubisky, he's making $18 million a year. They basically said, hey, we're signing you to be a backup at $18 million a year. Now, I don't know where, you know, I, I can't remember where he is now. I did one of his games. Oh, he's in Arizona. Yeah, he's he's with the Cardinals right now. So uh, let me go back to something you said earlier. Okay. Why are you dismissing Pittsburgh that much? I mean, you did see the way New England lost last week, right? You don't think? I know the Patriots are masters at... You know, we're on to Cincinnati, mm-hmm. but that's a tough right. one to just turn the page on, and we're on to Pittsburgh. I mean, doesn't that one, even for New England, doesn't that one s- sort of linger a little bit? I don't know. I, you know what? I don't know. I, I'm not sure. You know, why do why do some farts not smell and some farts linger all day long? Like, you know, you ever fart in your car? And then come back like three hours later and it still smells like fart? Like it gets stuck in the seat? That happened to be yesterday. Your own though? Yes. But, yeah, I mean, see, I mean, I can see if you like pick up on somebody else's, but. No, your own's lingering there and you're like, you're, pr- you're like a, a father. You're like a proud father. You're just like, I did that. You know, you're like almost driving down the road. You got a smile on your face, patting yourself on the back like it still smells like crap in here. And well, they make no mistake. I mean, there's been plenty of times I've been sure. really enjoying my own right. thoughts, but okay. Well, but, but I, I'm not saying it's still there. Since we're on the topic of farts, let's get back to Pittsburgh. The original question: They smell like a fart to me, <laughs> right? They're like they, just they, a stale fart, right? They just, they just lingers, smell like huh? a stale fart to me. They're lingering around. Uh, I think one thing that's always interesting to me is the matchup scenario, and I just believe that what Pittsburgh does is a foundation, and we always talk about you have to have an identity. The identity that they've established on defense and what they do on defense does not match up well against New England's offense and the personnel New England has, and it just never seems to have matched up very well. And so I go into there thinking that Belichick, better a better coach than Tomlin, and the systems or the, the schemes – um, they have just matched up well with Pittsburgh. They've been able to they've been able to create opportunities for them offensively um, because they match up well. Like when I played in the NFC East, at my first few years in in Washington, we struggled. We didn't match up well with the Giants, and we always lost to the Giants. The Giants, in turn, didn't match up well with Philly, and Philly always beat the Giants. And even though Philly had the number one defense in football all those years with Jerome Brown and Clyde Simmons and Reggie White and all those guys, 
they didn't match up well with us from a scheme standpoint, and we always beat them. So at the end of the day, you'd play that kind of round-robin deal, and, um, and you know, everybody would be, whatever the record is, two and two, you know, whatever, at the end of that thing. You know, so, so there's just certain teams that your personnel and your scheme just match up well against. And I think New England just matches up well against Pittsburgh, and I think Pittsburgh – has just been. I just think don't think they handle the adversity. I don't think they handle adversity well. Okay, I, I just don't. Well, I could take a no better jumping off point into our money maker picks. Yes. Then this game, money maker picks, brought to you by the great folks over at Bud Light. What's on tap is the money maker picks, and I'm telling you what, the folks at Bud Light, check out the Bud Light team cans. You're absolutely gonna love them. And we're also, because we got a whole list of uh, questions for question mark, we'll also do a question mark for your chance to win. Uh, whoever question we pick is going to win um, a Clip and Catch. Clipandcatch.com. Clip and N N. Did I say that right? Clip, C L I P N Catch. Not and, but N Catch.com. Check it out. It's cool. I use it around the house all the time. All right. Well, I get to go first. You uh, went one and two last week. Son of a. I went two and one, but you still maintain a slim half game lead over me. That dominant that, that tie continues to benefit right. you. So, so you're picking first. Though, I get right? to go first, okay. and I'm going to go heavy on the underdogs this week. And I'm going to start with Pittsburgh. I respect everything you said, mm-hmm. but I look at New England. They're not a good road team. Mm-hmm. Um, they've Never had to go and play on wild card weekend in the playoffs since 2009. Mm-hmm. They've never been to the Super Bowl when they had to play on wild card weekend. And they've never made it to the Super Bowl with less than a 5-3 and three road record right. that season. I don't think they're a good road team. I do think there's a hangover from the Miami Miracle. And look, Pittsburgh has its issues, but they're not a team that's going to lose four games in a row. So make mine Pittsburgh plus two, plus two. They get two. See now I have Pittsburgh. Where do you have that? My li- my as my New England minus one. So my list has one. All right, fine. All I'll right. take Pittsburgh plus one. Okay, good. All right. Next, I'm going to take Miami. Fresh off the momentum of that win, they've got a new lease on life. Going to Minnesota against a team that just fired their offensive coordinator. Uh, Kirk Cousins is catching all kinds of heat this week. Seven points is too big of a line right there. I'll take Miami plus the seven at Minnesota. Okay. Then I'm going to take I mean, two teams that, I, I, that are both got a lot of positive momentum. I just think Dallas is a better football team. I know they're on the road, but I like Dallas plus the two and a half. At Indy. Okay. I like that. I like the way you're thinking. Mike, you know what? Just for this particular show. Yeah, do it. I'm going to go head to head with you. Uh, The Pittsburgh Steelers, the Patriots, just absolute booty call. uh, You know, personal good thing. I'm taking the Patriots to roll in there, cover that So that's our own personal booty call bowl. Yes, that's That's the the booty booty call bowl. bowl. All right. That's right. So I'm going to take the Steelers. You take New England. I've already gone. Other way around. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You yeah. take the Steelers. What did I say? I got the Steelers. You got the Patriots. That's right. That's whatever <laughs> I said there. And and then uh, that's and, and that's not only for that, but that's for 
uh, IHOP pancakes too. All right, we got IHOP pancakes. If I bet. win, I get a burger, and you eat a, eat a burger. You have to eat a burger. No, if I win, you have to eat a burger. Ooh, I don't go if to IHOP. If you win, to... I get to eat. I have to eat pancakes. Where Where are we gonna go get the burger? Not at IHOP. Nobody goes to IHOP to eat a burger. Okay, so I've got New England. You've got Pittsburgh. Okay, so I like that. Um, all right, so let me uh, let me go. Um, let me go to what'd you say you went you you didn't like Miami because they're get oh Minnesota no, I like Miami. seven you're Minnesota seven yeah I got Miami Minnesota hasn't won a, hasn't beaten a team with a winning record right Kirk Cousins zero and five against teams with winning records this year four and twenty four in his career all right yeah you know what I'm gonna stay off that one I don't I don't I wanted to go head to head with you on that one too. But that's just crazy talk right there. All right, how about this one? Tennessee heading to the New York Giants. New York Giants minus one. Mm. Getting favorite. Come on. Tennessee, the way they played on Thursday night, coming off that extra rest. Derrick Henry, they found the running game. They've got one of the best defenses that nobody knows about. Wesley Woodyard playing great out there. I'm going to take Tennessee, get the one point. Yeah, I was looking at that one too. All right, and then lastly, Seattle traveling to San Francisco. Hey, San Francisco, great job just beating, just throttling the Denver Broncos who just weren't prepared. Vaughn Miller talked about not how he wanted to go win a game, just how he wanted to set the personal Broncos sack record. Makes me want to vomit. Um, Seattle will not fall for that. They will not fall into that pit. They're running the hell out of the ball. They're physically dominating people. They're being unselfish. In their approach offensively, Russell Wilson doesn't care if he only throws it eight times a game. He gives a rip. He just wants to win. Uh, Seattle giving up four and a half. I'm taking the Seahawks over the Niners by more than four and a half. All right. I like it. Oh, it's four and a half. Okay. Yep. We'll do what that. do you have? I had four, but let's put the hook in there. Uh, right. Four and a half. All right. Let's okay. get some question marks here. Okay. Question mark coming up right here. Hold on. Let me just give you this. You can uh, You can shuffle through. There's a bunch of them. You can shuffle through, shuffle through that. Pick one of those, and then, as I said, I'm going to, uh, I'll follow you, and I'll hit you up on a direct message, and I will send you um, one of the clip and catch. A buddy of mine invented the clip and catch, and uh, it's kind of a cool thing. I use it around my house. If you're a landscaping type, um, then I will, uh, I will do that. You know, I saw one in there from Heather Mitts, the. Uh, you see Heather Mitz, former USA women's soccer player. I think she asked us a question. Oh, yeah, I got it right here. Okay. Right. Uh, not not the question mark I was expecting to, to ask you, but here right. we go. Heather Mitz. Mark, who is your favorite female professional soccer player, current or retired? Mm, uh, Mia Hamm. <laughs> That's the only one you know. Uh, and you only know her because she's married to Noma. Uh, Noma! It gives me a chance to go, Noma. You know, Heather, it's you. You're my favorite former USA soccer player. Heather's a great. You know who she's married to? She is married to, remember the quarterback, A.J. Feely? Yeah. Yeah, she's married to A.J. Feely. So uh, she's great. I, there, I, I see her at a golf tournament every summer. Uh, for uh, Meyer Grocery Store, she's hilarious. She's a super, super nice lady. So I used well, to work she, with her at ESPN. Well, uh, is AJ a, a good uh, lawn guy? Could could he benefit from you the know clip what? and catch? Maybe, maybe. So I will, uh, Heather Mitz, you know what? You're going to win. How about that?
I like that. And AJ, a clip and catch is on your way to help uh, your lawn look better. I'm sending you a clip and catch, my friend. I hope. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Thanks for participating, Heather. Um, Hey, for everybody here at the show. What's that? Enjoy Baltimore. Thank you. I will. For everybody involved in the show, for Mike, for Scott, for myself, thank you so much for listening. I'd like to thank Core Water, our presenting sponsor. Also, the great folks over at BudLightClipAndCatch.com if you want to check that out. That's 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 it, pretty much. And, hey, guess what? Go to IHOP, get yourself some pancakes. <laughs>